Under the Dome Radio for Season 2, Episode 4, Initial Reactions to Revelation, recorded July 21st, 2014. It's Under the Dome Radio. Thanks again for joining us. This is the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. Believe it or not, it's episode 30. It's our initial reactions to Revelation. And just be sure to visit us at underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and share your thoughts and theories and be part of our full discussion coming up just a little bit later this week. Me, I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And you, sir... Our Captain Obvious. When you need a hotel, don't use the Hotels.com app. Just go over to Julia Shumway's house because, you know, she is the town. Well, it's pretty obvious what she is. This episode was so over the top. It had so many awesome things that we're going to briefly talk about tonight and quite a few uh, crazy things. And like you touched on, Troy, some obvious things. Well, you can find all the obvious information you need over at our show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 30. And I guess we'll start off this evening with, it's a good thing that you don't watch the trailers at the end of the episode because trailers at the end of the episode are done by the marketing department. But, but it is very crucial that you watch the previously on Under the Dome segment because the things they show you there may pay off at the end of an episode. You never know. I would agree with you 100% on that one, because if they're putting it in the previously on, every single thing seems to tie into the episode somehow, except for, I I don't think we need to hear every single week that it's been two weeks since the dome came down. We kind of got that part covered. Well, some people might need that reminder. They still think that it might be day nine or day 10. And if anybody remembers the day after the thing that we shall never talk about again called Fight Club, that was day 10. Maxine specifically said it's been 10 days now and these people have no fun. So, yes, we are in about, I would say, day 14 or 15 of the crisis at this point. Do you think they're going to continue having each episode basically representing one day? Well, if it jumps too far ahead, we won't know because we don't have a nice calendar like the good teacher has on her fridge to let us know what day it is. Between the calendar and the whiteboard that Rebecca Pine has, we can get all the answers we need. (laughs) I must say that ever since the first moment that she started talking back on the uh, premiere of this season, I have not liked Rebecca Pine. And tonight it was all justified. What say you? Well, it's a different kind of dislike because hate is such a strong word right right i don't want to use that word we'll save that for maxine exactly we (laughs) and this is where it gets so strange because i almost miss maxine now because this lady is just crazy and what she's trying to do i mean mix swine flu with bird flu with people flu in an egg that you're going to scramble up for breakfast with her whole crazy plan and then she's basically gonna wash her hands of it and uh have big jim take the fall But don't wash your hands in the water because you're going to need that water to make the catalyst reaction happen in order for the flu to spread. Oh, my goodness. Do you think that it's officially been called off and she didn't get away with putting any of it in the water? Did she really change her mind when she saw the mother and child? Well, I never saw her actually drop the vial in there or open the vial in any way, shape or form. So 
change her mind, I think is a strong suggestion. She did not carry it out at the church in the baptismal font, but change her mind. I'm still sure she's thinking about a way that she could get it across somehow, some way. Not to mention, I was a little nervous about Big Jim there in the uh, Sweetbriar Rose standing near the water. He just needed to get something to drink uh, before the town meeting. Yeah, yeah. Well, how clearly obvious is it? Here's our first obvious of this evening. That Big Jim was going to go back to his dastardly dirty ways because he was actually going to go through with it. He was all set to dump the violin there, except there's no violin there. Violins? We got a string section going? Just kidding. No. Just vials, just, just vile, <laughs> deceit, vile intentions, just vials all over the place. He is a vile person. The new and improved Jim Rennie did not last long at all. I think that he could have lasted a lot longer if this uh, Rebecca Pine hadn't come along with her hero worship complex and then trying to find a patsy to carry out her plan. Well, keep in mind that they were worshiping each other last week in their little car ride date. And now... What kind of foundation of a relationship is this when it's all based on lies to start out with? It's kind of along the lines of uh, Barbie and Julia Shumway's relationship. Wait, they have a relationship? I just liked it on this episode. We got little shout outs from Nori because she's the hip one. You know, we heard about TED Talks and people having avatars. Uh, So, you know, she's keeping us all honest there. The best line of the night, though, goes to, to Nori, I think. Don't undermine my feelings of jealousy. And abandonment. Great quote tonight from Mackenzie Lentz. She definitely had all of the best lines in, in when they were in the house where the hatchling had lived at one point. She just had a lot of great things to say. You know, it's obvious she is not a fan of this new girl. And she basically uh, has a few things to say to Barbie about his relationships. And those relationships are going to be tested even further as we go into the backstory of Melanie this week. How'd you like the backstory? Now that was probably my favorite part of this entire season so far, other than the Zenith thing in the uh, premiere with Junior seeing his mom and Zenith and all of those things. Tie that with what we saw tonight. Those were the two best things of the entire season so far. Did you know any of the Melanie stuff was going to come? Was it telegraphed in any way, shape, or form? Because to me, I thought her getting killed by one of the three was the obvious part. What I didn't expect was a meteor from outer space and four hands needed to be used in order to open the meteor to get the egg out. I thought that was awesome. Oh, definitely. I don't think anybody could have possibly have seen that coming unless they had inside information. I mean, obviously we knew that Somehow she might have been buried near where the mini egg appeared, but I did not foresee that she has held the mini egg with the pink stars falling in lines in her hands, among other things going on there with uh, kissing uh, Sam back in the day, a young Sam, just wild, wild stuff. And uh, a young uh, Pauline there as well. What was really interesting was that when she did get cold cocked and fell into the hole and hit her head at the end, the egg went dark. So what does that signify? We want to hear from you guys. 904-469-7469 or leave a feedback, email, voicemail, what have you. Just go to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and you can fill out the contact form or use the record button right on the website. Yeah, we know that uh, your minds have got to be spinning with lots of ideas after this episode. So 
share them with us, won't you? We'll uh, play them on our full discussion episode coming out later this week. And, you know, the night that was full of obvious things, uh, how about when Sam stated to Julia Shumway, people are full of surprises. I know that was the big telegraph moment of this evening, and we'll probably talk a lot more in depth on that later on in our full reactions episode later this week. But that trailer in the beginning where they revisited the fact that Angie got a piece of her assailant under her fingernails. And then, of course, Sam goes in for the kiss because Julia is, well, we're just two gentlemen to say here on the podcast. But she actually blocks him, hits the shoulder, and you're thinking maybe it has something to do with the an old injury that he might have sustained playing football or, you know, just traveling out in the woods with his girlfriend. But no, it's got scratch marks on his shoulder. So Sam apparently is the killer, or at least that's what they're leading us to believe. And I've got a little bit of a theory I'm working on, but I I need to flesh it out a bit. So I'll save that for our episode later this week, because you never know. After all those seasons of watching Lost, my mind is really spinning all over the map on this one. But that's interesting. And not to mention the fact that Julia Shumway basically told Barbie, I know you're not staying here tonight. Wow. I did not see that coming. There's a definite rift there. And do you think Barbie could see that uh, Sam was visiting our house? That's a really good question. 904-469-7469. Did Barbie get the sense that Sam was there? Or was Barbie just like, eh, whatever. I got this new girl to figure out. Because apparently we were neighborhood playmates back in the day. Yeah. Is Zenith a booming metropolis? Or is it another really small town like like Chester's Mill? That's a really good question. It seems like it's a bigger city. Like there'd be more opportunity, if you will, in Zenith. And I think that's why the kids were trying to get out of town, maybe go on road trips to Zenith at some point in time. And it sounded like, you know, Melanie's family had relocated at one time from Zenith here to Chester's Mill. And the question is why? Was there something they had to get away from in Zenith when they made the move? Exactly. Not to mention the fact when we did see those visions when junior saw those visions and shared them with us the viewer zenith did have some skyscrapers so i would assume it is a much bigger city it's just not one that we've ever heard of in this particular universe but that doesn't mean that's not going to be real because at first i was thinking maybe zenith was like a, a fake id and maybe barbie is still pretending but it sure seemed like he's really from there melanie's really from there how, how is this possible well, it must be a real town then if Barbie's from there and Melanie's from there and Pauline is living there and you can get the local news sitting there <laughs> or cable news doesn't necessarily have to be local news, but it's it's real American television. So unless, you know, they figure out a way to transmit space signals or something far, far away. It could be one of those new ultra advanced aerial systems that was uh, turned down, but wherever Zenith is, they're using it. That could be a possibility. It's the only place aerial is going to be used. That's for a different conversation for a different day. Oh, absolutely. One thing that was really interesting to me was the fact that uh, Pauline has been sending all of these custom made really creepy postcards to Lyle up until the time the dome kind of broke the chain of the U.S. Postal Service. But wouldn't the postal uh, letter carrier be a little suspicious of the fact that Lyle Chumley is getting all of these crazy custom made postcards from somebody outside of the, you know, outside of Chester's mill. And they have very similar to artwork to uh, what Pauline was doing. 
Or is it just something since the post office wasn't aware of the crazy paintings that Pauline was doing that uh, they wouldn't be suspicious? Was her name on the return address? Well, I'll submit the theory that Sam took care of the postal man that would have known about Pauline's artwork. And therefore, the new postal person that came to town didn't know anything about the artwork. And that's why they just delivered them at will. I am still curious, though, if there was a return address, because they touched on the fact that they came from all these different cities and areas. Like as if Pauline's been moving around and she's kind of on the run or on the go. But uh, I don't know if that'll provide us any clues. I just find it kind of suspicious. Well, the thing that's not suspicious this week is Mike Vogel playing Barbie. He is the obvious winner of the evening. Let's just let's just read a few of these things that that uh, that Barbie said tonight, Wayne. Why don't you go ahead and take the first one? Okay, I'll go with the first one. My favorite is Paige cannot be displayed. <laughs> Why? Seriously? <laughs> Thanks for that. You know, that's, that's your under the dome quote of the week. How about say someone left the door unlocked? Well, just in case anybody thought they just kind of picked the lock. Oh, if there was probably a third one, wasn't there? Yeah. He's holding out the necklace and he's like, uh, I believe this is yours. Oh, because it's MC and her name is allegedly Melanie Cross. Right. Oh, okay. Those, those were great. See, that's what. I think is is cool about Under the Dome. It's not taking itself too seriously. I think they know that they are way over the top. And so we can have fun with it in addition to the wild uh, visions and mysteries that we're trying to figure out. And then, of course, the best one was when they were looking at the microfilm or microfiche, whatever it was called back in the day. He's like, hey, wait, I'm from Zenith. <laughs> that that one seemed a little from out there. <laughs> like, it's like, did he really say what? One interesting uh, tidbit that we learned about the supposed past of Pauline is how Jim Rennie talks about how he took Pauline to an institute because she started going crazy. And of course, now that we've seen some of the flashbacks from the hatchling, we kind of know why Pauline went crazy. And while at the institute is where she supposedly committed suicide. So I'm wondering, do you think Big Jim knows that she's still alive or? How did they convince him that she was dead? 904-469-7469. Get those theories in. Be featured this week on the fan feedback episode. And of course, the better the theory, the better your chances are of becoming the honorary Under the Dome DJ of the week. So make sure you get those in or visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback to get in your crazy theories. And there was... A crazy situation, I think, with Rebecca this week, because how angry at the church do you need to be if you want to actually release the swine flu in the baptismal font? That's what I want to know. Or the holy water station in this case, because it's a Catholic church. Oh, Rebecca Pine, Rebecca Pine. I was actually rooting for Julia Shumway when she chased her down and pushed her onto the ground. And next thing you know, we've got Rebecca and Jim Rennie are both arrested, at least for now. Everybody gets out of prison fairly quickly in Chester's mill and big Jim throws Barbie under the bus. He's got to save his bacon any way possible. Oh, uh, well, I wouldn't need any bacon there in town. I don't know if there's a way to prove if any of those pigs are safe anymore. And I really like the fact that they keep hearkening to the pigs after they showed them in the uh, premiere episode for season two outside the high school there. So at least you showed me the pigs and now the pigs are paying off. So good call. 
they brought him back because we knew that they would be important at one uh, time or another. Well, you got anything else for the initial reactions, Wayne, or you want to save all the crazy stuff for Friday? Oh, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Let's see. Let me go through my notes just real quick. I wanted to throw something out there. Oh, Lyle, you know, gets out of prison, just like everybody else in Chester's Mill. James takes him over to Sam's place. They basically ransack it looking for this this, uh, journal of sorts. And then Lyle basically conks James, don't call me Junior, on the head and escapes. This can't be good for anybody. More importantly was when he was flipping through the book and he found the picture of the open door and the open door had a red background versus the open door that was in Pauline's apartment in Zenith had a blue background with just the red started to be drawing over the door. Is that significant? And of course, there's a number above the door. And will that come into play? Because I thought it was 812 or 821. I jotted it down, but I don't quite remember. We'll look at it in the rewatch. But I, I, I made a note that it wasn't 871 or 817. So is that significant? I would say it has to be. I'm also wondering, is that the actual uh, picture that Lyle was looking at when he kind of abruptly closed the book, put it on the ground and didn't want Junior to see it? Or was there something on the opposite page that he was all of a sudden trying to hide from James? Well, we'll appreciate any screen caps you all fans have that you can send out in. You can upload your screen caps right to the under the dome radio.com slash feedback page. And of course, if you can read or interpret any of those postcards slash tarot cards from Pauline and give us some theories and thoughts on those as well, we'll be looking forward to it later this week in our fan reaction episode coming out on Friday. Yeah, well, there's going to be some theories coming in. I just know it. And we can't wait to share them with everybody. Because it's just going to be good. It could be anything. And let me just say this. No theory is too crazy. If you, if you think it's the wildest thing ever, we still want to hear it and share it. Because it very well could be what is happening under the dome. And even though things may seem obvious on the surface, they always have a second deeper meaning. So listen for Wayne's deeper meaning on Sam himself on this week's fan reaction episode later this week. And we'll do our best to make sure everybody has an internet connection so you don't get the message that Barbie shared page cannot be displayed. We'll look forward to hearing all of it again. 904-469-7469 here in the States or under the dome radio.com slash feedback. Or if you want to just send us an email at feedback at under the dome radio.com. Or of course, tweets are most welcome. You can follow us on Twitter at UTD radio podcast. Join the conversation. Share with all your friends that you, of course, love us and the Under the Dome radio podcast. Those are excellent ideas. I fully endorse each and every one of those. So until that full episode later this week, I'm Wayne Henderson. And I'm Captain Obvious. We'll see you next time here as we stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy. Theorize over great television shows and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.